And welcome to Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is Marvel Movies and TV in 2021 Nerd Out. I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda! Hey! The wild, yet elusive, Jekka! Present! The rambunctious Bob! Long live the Empire! And burn, Brady, burn! Hey, hey, hey! Hey, folks! Obviously, we're talking some MCU... Can you guys believe it's been like 18 months since we've had any MCU movies uh, you mean or like TV? 18 years? That's yeah, something like that. But, anyways, obviously, we're talking some MCU, but we're also talking a whole lot more to include Michael Keaton's Batman might be getting a saga of brand new movies. Jordy Whittaker is leaving Doctor Who. A Harvard scientist says aliens have visited our solar system, and we have proof. And a whole lot more, so make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, plus 10 Nerd XP tier. Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning some Nerd XP. Nerd XP. You know, we had we had a listener ask if uh, if the Nerd XP was cumulative if, or if you only get Nerd XP the very first time you hit the podcast subscribe button. It is. <laughs> you know what? I actually one day I was driving home from a very long road trip and I just started thinking about like ranking different super nerd levels. So I will actually get back to that. And I will like really okay. hash that out. But, yeah, I was, like, right. I was like, how many points like gets you to super nerd? And then like I had like <laughs> mega nerd and then super mega ultimate nerd Godzilla or something like well, that. Well, I think I think nerd legend has to be in there somewhere. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, so that I was toying with that one day because I am yeah. someone that's like, hey, like after a certain like where does the nerd XP get you to? So yeah. No, I I have thought about this. All right. Well. It looks, like, <laughs> it looks like you've given yourself some homework. Not it. <laughs> Dang it. Not it. <laughs> well, in the meantime, Jekka, what's what's nerdy with you? What have you been up to? Uh, so other than like actually figuring out nerd XP rankings, um, <laughs> I actually walked in on a, like my brother watching Empire Strikes Back. And that just kind of, I sat down and started watching it. And then that made me want to watch Return of the Jedi. And man. Mm. It was just so good. It was like refreshing to just go back to the good old original ones. And I was just like, ah, oh, they're so great. Han Solo, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill. I was like, oh, they are great. It was refreshing. My family's Indeed. almost there. This weekend we had him start. Uh, we started introducing my wife to Star Wars by starting with um, Phantom Menace. And then immediately afterwards, and I said, and you can forget that movie. Darth Maul's cool. Darth Maul is so like, much better in Clone Wars. That's like three like, lines hey, the whole movie. Maul, and then oh. But Dave Filoni had like this great insight to the Phantom Menace that just made it like go. 
You're talking, you know you're talking about uh, was, Binks? no, no, no. He's ta- you're, you're talking about his uh, rant on uh, oh, no, no, Disney Gallery uh, on Disney Plus talking about mm-hmm. the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he discusses that Qui Gon would have been the father Anakin needed, and how he died. And this is why it was the duel of the fates is then he had Obi-Wan as a brother teaching him instead of the father figure he needed. Mm-hmm. You could like always that. just uh, see if you can find the uh, supercut that uh, Topher Grace did. Oh, yeah. Uh, the editor strikes back the 85 minute condensation of all the prequels <laughs> down into one. Yeah. All right, Brady, what's been nerdy with you, man? Oh, you know, I watched nine hours of The Hobbit last week so that was that was nice um my legs are working again now uh, nice <laughs> i also uh, i also binged watched a little something that uh, we're going to talk about next week i think and uh, uh i did some some reading for some some very intense reading of an exciting f14 tomcat uh pilot manual because i picked it up for a video game oh <laughs> man Getting well, that's about it. some deep cuts there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, early in the pandemic, um, we had a big uh, Hobbit and Lord of the Rings extended cuts uh, marathon. It was the first time my uh, kids had ever seen it. And honestly, check this out. So so we started almost immediately when the stay-at-home orders came into effect. And I had in my mind's eye that by the time we finished the extended editions of the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings series, we would be out of quarantine. Um, <laughs> that did not age well. <laughs> no, it did not. No, it did not. I so. eat hope. Well, we did it for our 11-year-old. Uh, he, he he had never seen them, so we decided to go uh, through them. And then uh, they started watching Shannara Chronicles after that. That's cool. Out. Well, you brought up uh, binging uh, something, uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah, we uh, we binged we binged uh, we binged it starting Friday, and then we got about halfway through and finished uh, on Saturday. But Saturday was kind of funny because uh, we got so there's ten episodes. We got through episode nine. We finished episode nine. And then I made everybody in the house wait two hours before we saw the season finale. And and the reason why, I wasn't like trying to be a jerk or anything, but I had a, uh, so I, I do jujitsu and I had a, uh, a belt test uh, that I had to go take and it took two hours and I was trying to rush us through Cobra Kai so that way, you know, we could watch everything, but it didn't work out. So... We watched all nine episodes. We waited two hours, and then we finally finished the season. Did you change the Wi-Fi password or something as a little bit of insurance while you were out of out of the house? No, no, I just no. It, uh, I I'm very happy to turn the TV off for my kids, and and, and the screams, the screams feed me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Your your children's tears as a parent fuel you. It, it energizes you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time to talk some nerd news. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. 
And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, DC's The Flash is going into production soon. It looks like director Andy Muschietti is gearing up to start shooting DC Entertainment's The Flash soon. According to a new report from Backstage, the highly anticipated DC film will start production in April of 2021. So just right around the corner. That What makes this project so interesting, though, is the fact that Ezra Miller will be joined by Ben Affleck as Batman and Michael Keaton as his Batman, along with several other members of the DC Universe cast. And filming is said to be taking place at Warner Brothers uh, Leviston Studios. Uh, This movie is going to break open the DC multiverse, and the director uh, previously teased, quote, all that you have seen exists, end quote. Uh, The Flash will see Barry Allen breaking the bonds of physics to crash into various parallel dimensions where he'll encounter slightly different versions of DC's classic heroes. Muschietti also explained things a little further regarding how this new DC multiverse is actually going to work, saying, quote, This movie is a bit of a hinge in the sense that it presents a story that implies a unified universe where all the cinematic iterations that we've seen before are valid it's inclusive in the sense that it is saying all that you've seen exists and everything that you will see exists in the same unified multiverse he went on to share quote i will tell you that it's a ride it's going to be fun and exciting and there are a lot of dc characters in it flash is the superhero of this film because he is the bridge between all of the characters and timelines. And in a way, it restarts everything and doesn't forget anything. Uh, The director uh, also previously explained that the film will be a time travel story, saying, quote, his mother was murdered, his father was trained uh, and incarcerated, and all his journey from then was a man trying to make things right. The script really captures his liquidity His personality, he's someone who has the power of changing events of the past, but by doing so can deteriorate the very fabric of the space-time continuum. So there you guys go. So is this the the DCEU's attempt to make the Arrowverse the DCEU? No, come on. (laughs) Well, I'd like to take Grant Justin. Also, I would like to get some clarification. Is this... All DC shows, or yes. is it the DC shows that they want? I mean, like, no, everything. Everything. on the Joel Schumacher films, because I'd, I'd really like to see those. Okay, maybe you- float away. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't want to see those float away because you want Ben Affleck's Batman and Michael Keaton's Batman walking up and seeing George Clooney with his bat nips. <laughs> And, and you want to see Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton just look at each other and go, what in the world, dude? Uh, <laughs> I want you imagining Adam West uh, spinning symbols. Going, okay, so here's the crazy thing. Do you remember when they did the big multiverse thing on, in the Arrowverse? Yes. So they included Ezra Miller in it. Yeah. So they made the DCEU fit with the Arrowverse as well. So yeah, it's so, already established. Yeah, yeah it's already yeah. established. So this Let, been let's, work. let's kick out what they've been doing in the DCU and just move the Arrowverse up to the movies. Right. I would love... But the thing is that the movie... Smallville? Itself, That's my Smallville? Yeah. yeah. 
the movies are far darker than the uh, than the Arrowverse, even though the Arrowverse is, I'd say, dark campy. It, it, it's dark campy, but it's still good. Oh, as yeah, opposed good. to the DC. <laughs> I, DC I, I, would, I would argue that Arrow was a far more brooding superhero than any Batman has ever been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arrow, yeah. Hold. Yeah, they, they did a fantastic job in Arrow, so I would love to see them just promote the Arrowverse up to the DC. <laughs> well, check this out. Moving on, Michael Keaton's Batman will reportedly get a saga of brand new movies. According to a new report, Michael Keaton's version of the Batman may end up being the main Batman of the DCEU. Keaton obviously is set to reprise his role in the DC's Flash, like we just talked about. But according to New York Times writer Brooks Barnes, who recently did a profile of DC Films, uh, President Walter Hamada, a quote from Hamada indicated that Keaton will be the main Batman in the DCEU moving forward. The studio executive said, quote, Coming up, for instance, Warner Brothers will have two different film sagas involving Batman, played by two different actors running at the same time, end quote. So we know one of the versions will be played by Robert Pattinson. Vamp that. And when a fan on Twitter asked Barnes to clarify what version of Batman the second one would be, he confirmed that it was Keaton. So obviously there's no details on what is in store for this separate Keaton Batman saga, but it's safe to assume that maybe this will lead to a live action Batman Beyond film, maybe yes! uh, or it could oh, go awesome. Or it could go maybe the Dark Knight return route, because we're gonna have a young Batman and an old Batman movie sagas. Who knows? I would love if they did a Batman Beyond. Ooh, I, I recently, it was what was it? years ago. I re I watched Batman Beyond, and it had been a long time. And I was just like, man, that story had great stuff in it. I would love to see a live action Batman Beyond. That'd be awesome. In all seriousness, what I would like is nothing more than them to not involve the uh, Dark Knight trilogy in any way in yes. any of this. Leave it I alone. That, it's that was a masterpiece. Absolutely. Absolute masterpiece. Don't touch it. Don't even bring him in in Bob, any way. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Bad news. Okay. Well, it's it's not good news either. Um, Warner Brothers is going to screw it up. Of course they are. Of course it's they are. It's sounding like it. It really is sounding like it with so much going on at once. They have the potential just to confuse everything. They should just hire Kevin Feige just to. I hear all Val out. Kilmer's available. I don't know. Valkyrie's going to be busy with the Willow TV series, so it it it, it's like they have this beautiful thing, beautiful beautiful storylines. Because I I do like so many of the DC storylines, so many. But it's like they're like, let's put a flaming pile of poo on it and just start stomping and squish it all in. Sometimes you get a good piece that flies by you, the rest is not. Hey, in in case our viewers are thinking or our listeners are thinking that we're DC bashing, Marvel has its had its own share of. Marvel has uh, its problems. Hey, 
But DC EU is not as bad. Shazam was Shazam fantastic. As I said, there oh, are yeah. beautiful the pieces that Wonder fly Woman, by. The first beautiful Wonder Woman, pieces. Aquaman. But other stuff is right. not. Like what? I'm still a little hung up on the analogy. Can a good piece Iron of poop Man. fly by your head? No, what it is is they, they put it with this beautiful, like, beautiful storylines. And sometimes a piece doesn't just, have flaming with call, it. Did you just call but poo I'm, beautiful? No, I'm talking about like they put like let's My say you've got is. this this nice toy, <laughs> you put some flaming poo on it, and you're just smashing it all the pieces. All right, all right. It sounds like I, you need the doctor to come in and save it. <laughs> so I don't know how we went from Michael Keaton's going to get a whole bunch of new Batman films to talking about you know beautiful poo. <laughs> I am very disappointed in all Are of you. Different? I stepped away for a short moment to get some water, and I come back to hear all this. So we are now moving. You need to have your water with you. We are now moving. I usually have my water with me, but I just forgot it. So, anyways, we're moving on. Happy New Year! (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that's the way the mice will play. Reports. Reports are saying Jodie Whittaker is leaving Doctor Who at the end of this upcoming season. Speculation is mounting. Over the future of Jodie Whittaker, after recent reports say she will be departing Doctor Who at the end of this upcoming series, putting an end to her tenure in the TARDIS after three years. On Sunday, the Daily Mirror reported that Whittaker intended to leave the BBC show, which returns this fall, with an anonymous source saying a new Doctor would emerge when the next regeneration happens. Well, that's kind of obvious. That's when they all come, but... Uh, but this season is the big uh, is the big piece of news. The BBC has declined to comment on the report that Jodie Whittaker is set to leave the show, saying through a spokesperson, "quote We won't be commenting on any speculation around Jodie's future on the show." End quote. Uh, the Daily Mirror is saying that Whittaker's departure is being kept under wraps while the filming on season thirteen continues. It's all very hush hush. But it is known on the set that Jody is leaving and they are gearing up for a regeneration. Her departure is top secret, but at some point over the coming months, the arrival of the 14th Doctor will be needed to film. Uh, the report added that Whitaker's co-stars Bradley Walsh and Tosin Cole will also leave the show, but Mandip Gill's and character Yasmin will remain, as well as showrunner Chris Chibnall. No! Uh, rumors are also saying that British comedian John Bishop is joining the cast, but no reports on who he's playing. Is he a companion? Is he the next Doctor? I don't know. So, what do you guys think of this? What do you make of it? Um, I just want to say that I'm happy that she is getting another season, because for a while we thought there's like all these rumors going around that they were going to cancel Doctor Who after this 12th season. <laughs> That's how they stopped that. So I'm glad that that she is getting one more season because that falls in line with the other doctors and getting three seasons. So I'm glad because I like Jodie Whittaker. Been doing I love Jodie Whittaker as the doctor. Can we keep her and trash Chris Chibnall? Please? <laughs> oh my word! Please, Jodie. Let's keep Jodie. I know. Yeah. Chris Chibnall is the new uh, showrunner that took over for. Uh, I'm having a brain fart. Ah, he's no longer Steve new. Um, Steve Moffat is who he Steve took over Moffitt, for, yeah. and Steve yeah. Moffat was amazing. And Chris Chibnall has just taken it down yeah. the trash. You see, and here's the thing: Jody will never truly leave the show. Just ask uh, David Bradley. 
David Bradley. And the, fir- the first Doctor. I mean, he showed up at the end of the 12th Doctor's uh, reign. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. And look at all the crossover episodes between Doctors. Look at Day of the Doctor. Oh, yes, God. yes. Yeah, will will she come back at some point? I she probably will. But uh how like, many, if they can keep it going as Chris Chibnall like tanks Doctor Who. Jekka, what were you saying? I, I'd say it would be nice if like we just had her a little longer. Like you, with David Tennant, he had like a couple like special episodes or special movies. Like I think it'd be great if Jodie Whittaker had some of those special she does. like movies kind of thing. Well, she does. I'll, she has, like, the Christmas what are you talking about? She doesn't have a special episode. But, like, David Tennant had, like, two, like, movies that took place between um, three and four, I think it was, or four and five. Didn't he, what, wasn't he? Four and five. Was it him or Matt Smith who had the 50th? No, it was Matt Smith who had Matt the 50th Smith. anniversary. Yeah, Matt Smith had the 50th, but David Tennant had, like, two, I want to, I, I say two, but I'm like, maybe it was three. But he had, like, two movies that were like special, like special movies. They weren't Christmas specials. They were just like two movies that kind of bridged season four and season five, like the bridge between David Tennant and Matt Smith kind of thing. How, how many seasons did uh, David Tennant have? He had three. You guys know? And uh, Matt Smith? He had three as well. Really? Three seasons yeah, but- is like typical of a, a, a new doctor. But... David Tennant, like they dragged his out for a long time because, like, there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there like a, like a good year where there was no Doctor Who except for the Christmas special, and they did that like twice or something? Well, um, that's what she's talking about with the specials. Yeah, they had specials. Yeah. They had like two specials, and then they moved on to Matt Smith. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't have. I have no problem with Jodie as the Doctor at all. I think she just—I I think she's great as the Doctor. I, yeah, she, I, she, I think it's just the writing was not. Yeah, it, it's not up to par. It, yeah, it. Chris has tanked the direction of Doctor Who, and it's so sad. Uh, I'm still rooting for it, though. Mm-hmm. Like they out of like good stories. It's just not like. It's more like good stories here and there instead of like good yes. stories overall. It, it, it's not a solid show anymore. And that's yeah. that, that's what sucks. All right, moving on. We got to keep things moving. The first trailer for Superman, Lois, Superman and Lois. I almost said Lois and Clark. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's another TV show. The first trailer for Superman and Lois Coming to CW has been released. The CW has released the first trailer for their upcoming new DC series. Superman and Lois, uh, set to reprise their roles, are Tyler, I have no idea how to say his name, Tyler. Tyler and Bitsy. Yeah, Tyler and Bitsy <laughs> are set to reprise their roles <laughs> as Superman and Lois Lane in the series. The series will follow Superman and Lois as they move back to Smallville to raise their two teenage sons. Check that out. It's kind of crazy. They will find themselves juggling their lives as superheroes and parents. Here's the synopsis of the first season. In Superman and Lois, after years of facing megalomaniac supervillains, monsters wreaking havoc on Metropolis, and alien invaders intent on wiping out the human race, the world's most famous superhero, the Man of Steel, a.k.a. Clark 
Kent. No, it's not AKA Clark Kent. It's Superman, AKA Superman. Okay. Anyways, nobody in the world knows him at Clark. Kent. Okay. Anyways, I'm just nitpicking now. Anyways, uh, he and Lois Lane come face to face with one of their greatest challenges ever dealing with all the stress, pressures, and complexities that come with being working parents in today's society. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That, that, I don't even know what to say about that. Okay, all I want is I want their kids to have Superman's powers because I think that would be a fun parenting show. It'd be like uh, incredible when like the little baby Jack is coming into his powers and they're like trying to figure that out. <laughs> But these are teenagers. Like oh, yeah. Superman had his great parents, but Superman raising two teenagers with his powers and trying to explain two different teenagers who might start fights at school with each other out in the field. And then you have to go explain, okay, well, you have to go pay for the damage you did to Farmer Mills yeah. land with a giant crater in the middle of it. All right. So let's take let's take a listen to this trailer and then we'll talk more afterwards. So here we go. We all begin as one version of ourselves, But as we grow, life changes us. Every moment, shaping our character, shifting our priorities, stretching every fiber of our being until we think we've lost ourselves to the stress of it all. But that's not true, because under the torn fibers is a stronger person. Forged like steel, with the courage to fight for those we love. And what we thought was lost, can be found. In family. Alright, there we go. So is this supposed to, like, try and capture people who really liked Smallville? I don't know. I only saw, like, a few episodes from Smallville. I never got into it. I watched like six seasons of it, or I know I didn't watch like the last few seasons of it. I didn't know you had watched that much. Oh, yeah. I really loved Smallville. Hopefully they can do something good with it. You know, you got to wonder how, how bad can somebody's life be if they're, if they're Superman, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I have hopes for this one. I'm not much of a DC person, really. I'm more Marvel inclined. But uh, but I know I'll get to see all of this because uh, because my son is a he consumes all DC, so I'm excited to see it. Hopefully, it'll be good. I'm optimistic. I have a lot of faith in the Arrowverse. I have a lot of faith in them, so that's what I'm rooting for. I uh, you know I am a fan of Superman. I'm not as big a fan as I am of Batman, uh, but I do enjoy Superman. Um, I think he's a. I think he can be an interesting character. Somebody who's playing around with ultimate power in what that does to an individual and uh you know we just got done watching all of the boys on amazon amanda and i and so Uh, it's fun watching uh fun watching homelander who's their version of superman and what could go and what could go so wrong yeah so So or it could be just like a super f is for family you know who knows yeah yeah (laughs) so so but i i gotta admit the 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 whole facing complexities and challenges of being a working parent. I mean, come on, dude. Really? When I want superheroes, I don't think I wonder if they're stressed out about working 
and you know a nine to five and being parents did they now, remember to pay the hoa yeah well, yeah whatever the, the question is 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 superman really going to be working a nine to five or is lois going to be bringing the money while he goes and fights um and well is that his nine to five at this point because so you're you're saying that lois is going to be superman's sugar mama <laughs> yeah and, and he's gonna go save the world but yeah. they're part of the arrowverse and weren't they part of like the team up going around what? team up going around what are you talking about i, I am so well, lost he was on in the supergirl like, so I believe also. what yeah he was he was on supergirl yeah all right let's let's move on let's move on and i want to start this off by just playing this right now yes this is are you ready for this here we go Hopefully this sounds familiar to a few of us. If not, I'm going to shut my mouth and make you listen to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. HBO Max is looking to make a sequel series to Batman the Animated Series. Uh... According to entertainment movie and TV scooper Daniel Rickman, HBO Max is looking at possibly making a Batman the Animated Series sequel series. Series, sequel, series. Tongue tongue twister there. This is just a rumor, but Rickman has been spot on with most of his scoops in the past, so there's a chance that this could be true. The original Batman the Animated Series is currently available on HBO Max to watch whenever you want, which is great. You know, I love the series. It's one of the best animated shows ever. I used to watch that thing all the time after school. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, Batman, Batman voice actor Kevin Conroy previously explained they didn't stop making the show because the audience wasn't there or the actors weren't there. They stopped really because the creators ran out of ideas for stories, end quote. So hopefully they do have some more great stories to tell. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see if this sequel series actually happens. But I don't know. What do you guys make of this rumor? All right. I'm just going to point out that there's no way they can run out of ideas because how many decades of Batman comic books do we have? Yeah, I, uh, I'm just, hmm, but the, the, there is a good point made in there in that it needs to be good. You know, it can't be lose like the, the bar is already set really high if they're going to go with this, you know, but yeah, I agree with you. There's like, even right now I'm thinking like, I mean, it would be crazy to try to tone this, like, it, the, I guess the, I don't know, my thoughts are all over the place with this. I'm that excited. <laughs> Well, if right. HBO's putting the muscle behind it, you know, they've got a pretty good track record. So I, I think if anyone was going to do it, um, they would probably be the ones because yeah, they, would, they, tend to, they tend to push pretty hard. Because, yeah, because like the comic books that I did read that I really enjoyed was like Hush and The Long Halloween, um, Under the mm. Red Hood. Like, and, and there is like a movie of Under the Red Hood, but that would be cool to like see it like, you know, in this animated series or a version of that. So, yeah. So I I have to share this real quick because this was really funny to me that I've been complaining about um, Suri in our house recording everything and like then showing that it's recorded what like a long statement. 
and Austin just got this Apple Watch, and just now it recorded his whole bit on his watch and like wrote it out for him on his watch. <laughs> Sorry, and, yeah, these, no, these no, no, things no. are listening. At the very end of it, though, Sari said, "And I like you too," or something like that. <laughs> so if you ever need a transcript, there you go. Okay. All right, let's move on, Alexa, Bob. Alexa. This is. Uh, Bob, this is right up your alley because uh, right over your shoulder, you have a poster that says, I want to believe. So so check us out. According to a Harvard University astronomy professor, aliens visited our solar system back in 2017, and we have proof. So when the first signs of intelligent life visits us from space, it won't be a giant saucer hovering over New York, more likely it will be an alien civilization's trash. Okay, get the trash off your head, Amanda. (laughs) It's not trash. It's aluminum foil. (laughs) Anyways, uh, Avi Loeb, I think that's how you say his name, uh, chairman of Harvard's Department of Astronomy, believes he's already found some of that garbage in his upcoming book, Extraterrestrials, the first sign of intelligent life beyond Earth, out January 26th, the professor lays out a compelling case for why an object that recently wandered into our solar system was not just another rock, but actually a piece of alien technology. The object in question traveled towards our solar system from the direction of Vega, a nearby star 25 light years away, and intercepted our solar system's orbital plane on September 6, 2017. On September 9th, its trajectory brought it closest to the sun. At the end of September, it blasted at about 58,900 miles per hour past Venus's orbitable distance. And then on October 7th, it shot past Earth's before, quote, moving swiftly towards the constellation Pegasus and the blackness beyond, end quote, Loeb writes in the book. The object was first spotted by an observatory in Hawaii, and the space object was later dubbed Amuamua, which is Hawaiian for scout. As space travelers go, it was relatively small, at just about 100 yards long, but it was the first interstellar object ever detected inside our solar system, judging from the object's trajectory. Astronomers concluded it was not bound by the sun's gravity, which suggested it was just traveling through. At first, scientists thought it was an ordinary comet, but a number of unusual properties about the object brought Loeb to the conclusion that it was from an alien civilization. First were um, uh, Amuamua's Amuamua's dimensions. Scientists concluded the object was at least five to 10 times longer then it was wide, sort of like the shape of a cigar, and no naturally occurring space body we've ever seen has ever looked like it or even close to its shape. Uh, quote, this would make Amuamua's geometry more extreme by at least a few times in aspect ratio or its width to height than the most extreme asteroids or comets we've ever seen Loeb writes in his book. Uh, What's more, Oumuamua's uh, was unusually bright, 
it was at least 10 times more reflective than typical solar system stony asteroids or comets, the author writes. Loeb likens its surface to that of shiny metal. But the anomaly that really pushed Loeb towards his alien hypothesis was the way Oumuamua moved. Quote, the uh, excess push away from the sun... That was the thing that broke the camel's back, he said. Using physics, scientists can calculate the exact path an object should take and what speed it should travel due to the gravitational force exerted by the sun. The sun's pull will speed up an object massively as it gets closer, then kick it out on the other side only for the object to slow considerably as it gets further away. But Amuamua didn't follow this calculated trajectory. The object, in fact, accelerated slightly, but to a highly significant uh, statistical extent as it moved away from the sun. In other words, in other words, Bob and Amanda, (laughs) in other words... I see you two goofing off. In other words, it was clearly being, it was clearly being pushed by a force besides the sun's gravity. But what could have propelled Oumuamua forward? It should have slowed when it should have slowed down. One possibility could be found in technology that we actually have here on Earth already: a solar sail or a light sail, a thin reflective sheet that is unfurled in space to capture particles streaming off the sun, propelling a spaceship at great speeds, much the way a sailboat is propelled by the wind. Loeb says, if we Earthlings have thought of this idea, then why couldn't aliens? Uh, as to Oumuamua's purpose, Loeb isn't entirely sure. He speculated it could be just space junk that once served as a kind of space navigation buoy uh, used by a long-ago civilization. So, Because all civilizations mask their tech to make them look like rocks. <laughs> Well, yeah. I gotta be honest. I'm a big skeptical myself too. I mean, Dude, this is this is a, this is this isn't just like some guy in the street corner. This is a Harvard professor who is the who is the chair of the astronomy department. This just reminds me of an article that I read that I brought into the podcast where it, I got really confused by it because of the way it was written. And it was trying to talk about this planet that's, like, larger than Jupiter that's sending, like, space particles into our solar system and whatnot. And so much of this can't be proven. And a lot of times I think they do this this stuff just to get published. (laughs) Publish or perish. So they just publish whatever makes, whatever sells. No, they're just like science. They just like when they find something interesting, as as long as they have enough data, they'll publish it. And the thing about like, especially the scientific community, um, they like it goes through a panel of peers because if they're putting it out there, like they want to make sure it's it's credible. This is a book, not an, not being published in a journal. Journal, yeah. That's and unfortunately, the that. <laughs> oh, you were saying like they just threw it out there. They didn't go through like an actual scientific journal. Yes. Okay. That that is a big difference right there. Yeah, Putting aside the flaw. Like, go ahead. What is that, Brady? So, I, I have a couple of questions about this. One is, it, it it it's not the shape of any known space object we've encountered. 
how much of space have we seen? I mean, that's really, <laughs> that's really not saying a lot. I mean, you know, I haven't seen a Bentley in my, in my driveway before. That doesn't mean they don't exist. Um, the, the other thing is the speed at which it traveled. I mean, look, I'm just a lay person. I'm certainly no Tyson, but aren't we separating faster than anything could travel to our solar system? We're not? Okay. Okay. I, I, I thought that was the case, but I stand corrected. But even still, I don't know. I, I, I believe there is life out there. I believe there's life in the universe, whether it's civilized or not or whatever, who knows, right? But I believe there there are life there is life elsewhere in the universe. I I don't think this is like the thing that, you know, dropped out of the airplane in Joe Dirt, right? I just <laughs> it could be. Bob, what did you want to say? Oh, um, I mean, like putting all the when it comes to the peer review thing and the um, the book and everything, Amanda hit it right on the head. The fact of the matter is, this is a book that's being published with a bunch of evidence that hasn't been published in a journal. And Jack also um, mentioned the peer review process, which is great and it works in a reputable journal, the key word being reputable. There are journals out there that will, if you give them enough money, they will publish anything. Well, I mean, what's, 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 what's to say that he isn't publishing things in a journal? Oh, well, maybe, maybe he's just, not maybe, maybe, maybe he is. And maybe he just wants to write a book for general audiences to understand. Cause how many people are picking up a scientific journal? Yeah. Like the, my biggest questions on this is like, so he, he talks about this idea of the solar light sale, but I'm like, what what other things do they have? Like the unfortunate thing that are what we're talking about on this podcast, what we've what we've been given pretty much, like it doesn't say anything if they've been able to figure out a potential like um, element, like what is it made out of pretty much? Because, you know, there's like we only know the elements we're familiar with, which is what we've studied within our own solar system. But who's to say there's other elements out there that we have yet to discover? You know, so I really do. I I, I agree with his premise that we're probably going to find trash first before we find the aliens. Yes, yeah, that (laughs) we're already trash in our own orbit. (laughs) Like I think about some of our satellites that have passed out of our solar system, and there's a good chance aliens could find those before they ever find us. Oh yeah, just shooting trash. But I also don't think that once your trash gets going, you're going to try and light sail it to save the trash. <laughs> I, uh... that's, that's just like really like it's a very fascinating idea. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah it is. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know if you, uh, if you guys believe in aliens, I think I'm in the category where I, I hope, I hope there's aliens. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. I don't see how there couldn't be aliens. I hope there's aliens. Uh, but you know, some people, some scientists have talked about how, um, you know, there's theories in which there have been ancient alien civilizations, but they've all gone extinct, and uh, there's like practically no too advanced uh, alien intelligent species at the same time. And uh, I would find that to be so sad. 
if that was well, maybe like they were here but we worshiped them because they had weird crystal skulls and we thought that was like <laughs> hey isn't there a documentary about that it's, yeah it's called indiana jones and the kingdom of skull. yeah i watched it it was like so illuminating i learned so, so much uh, all right well i think it is time to talk a little uh mcu in 2021 we had our honeymoon on alderaan Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And the bell means it is time for a main event. Marvel movies and TV in 2021. Hey, special shout out to all you super nerds who have subscribed to the podcast. We really, really appreciate you. Please help us get the word out. Tell a friend about the podcast. Share the podcast. Like the podcast. Uh, And if you haven't already, I want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button. Do it. Come on. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Checka. Oh, sorry. Nerd XP. (laughs) All right. Marvel MCU in 2021. We're talking movies. We're talking TV. Everything, everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This coming out this year. Can you believe it? Though the last MCU content we got is Spider-Man: Far From Home, which came out July 2nd, 2019. Do I have to admit the bad part of that for me? Well, you haven't seen that. I still haven't seen Spider-Man: Far From Home. Amanda. Oh, that one was really good. That one was, was really very good. good. I actually, so shortly after it came out, I, I'm going to toot my own horn here. Um, I, I took a, went on vacation to visit friends that live in Italy and I actually went with them to go see it in the movie theater. And so I, I, I saw it in Italian. Like I watched it in Italian. It was oh, really, really? watch it in another language. Like, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I saw it on. Yeah, it uh, learned, like, it more Italian, strangely enough. <laughs> like, I was able to like piece words together from watching it. I was like, "Oh, that's what that means when they say that." I saw it in a uh, army movie theater at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and before before the movie, they play the national anthem and they require everybody to stand up. <laughs> so, so a little different movie theater experience, but I appreciate it nonetheless. All right, let's let's jump into this so what do we have coming out in 2021 well we're gonna jump uh straight to wandavision which actually comes out in like 10 days or so Uh, january 15th wandavision hits disney plus it is a tv series with uh, elizabeth olsen and uh paul bettany returning as wanda maximoff and vision the latter of which is still definitely dead Um, i'm dead yeah, the first MCU TV series for Disney Plus finds Wanda's reality-bending powers, transporting the pair into the idyllic and fictional town of Westview, where they attempt to live out a sitcom-inspired lifestyle. So how could this thing affect the MCU? This is all stuff we're just kind of speculating and, and stuff that we've heard. Well, we already know that this will somehow lead into Doctor Strange 2, the sequel coming out in 2022, in which Olsen is set to appear alongside Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, WandaVision 
also sees the return of Kat Dennings, Darcy Lewis from the Thor movie, uh, Randall Park's FBI agent Jimmy Woo from Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Teona Paris, also debuts as the grown-up version of of uh, Captain Marvel, and no. she's set to appear in that grown-up film version sequel. of Monica Rambeau. Yes, sorry, from Captain Marvel. Yes, thank you. I, I missed she that. is not the grown-up version of Captain Marvel. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, whatever her name has not been fired. So I, I just I just missed it. I missed it. Okay. Anyways, I got a uh, I got a little clip here of Elizabeth and Paul talking about what we can expect in this series. Uh, I did jump around a little bit uh, when I recorded this, so if there's some small little blips here and there. So just to correct, this is Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Yeah. Not Monica. Yes. All right, here we go. It is even better than it was pitched, and it is even more complicated and fun and interesting and playful than I could have ever imagined this job being. Call from Kevin saying, could you come in and see me at, at, at Marvel? And I went, oh, I'm getting a can. <laughs> We're done with I'm you. Getting, I'm getting a can. And he's going to be nice and, and generous and, and sweet about it. But I, I'm getting... And then he pitched this totally bonkers um, TV show. I've always been hungry to lean into the comic book stories that we're leaning into in this show. And I didn't know if I'd have the opportunity to explore it, which is the reason why I wanted to be a part of the Avengers to begin with. When Joss asked me to, he said, look at these comics and tell me if you are interested. And those specific comics are the ones that Feige said, this is what our show is going to be about for WandaVision. Marvel, um, it's like a conversation of American sitcom through the decades with um, Marvel film, and they're constantly in dialogue with one another. So it's Sorry. been it's been really fun and different. Vision and Wanda found their own lane to swim in in a in a really crowded, you know, yes, pool, you know, and that was great. And then to be given this, uh, and Lizzie said it right, this gift to be able to really explore these characters in detail I think it's just it's been it's been wonderful where did you two move from stop it just all of us launching into this and we were I was frightened I hadn't been on stage or in front of an audience for ages and mm -hmm. the combined spirit just sort of really I think uh, launched us into this this space where we could just behave like idiots and we really have <laughs> absolute idiots I really loved filming the 70s specifically because of the content. Yep. Um, it was like the most Lucy I, 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 I went in this, in this series. It was actually the only time Matt Shackman told me I was uh, too much. <laughs> All right. I love working with Lizzie for a number of reasons. She's incredibly punctual. <laughs> <laughs> and I am too. And it drives me nuts when people are late. And, and she's never lazy. She's fastidious. She's, uh, she's always comes to set with an idea. And, um, and, and I do too. And I yeah. think that we... And we're always, like, texting about it too. <laughs> but, and, and you would be surprised how many actors don't come to it. 
I think the thing that I've loved most about working with Paul specifically in this situation is even though Paul was painted red and in other movies and we've had to do really ridiculous things in reality of like uh, blowing up something in his head while there is a Josh Brolin in a onesie (laughs) with a hockey glove on. Like there's a lot of crazy imaginative things we've had to do together. But I think Paul and I, we both have these inner children that met on this show. That's right. And we are just hamming it up like we have never done (laughs) in our careers before. And we are given so much license to do it. And it has been a ball that we are just, we are swinging for the fences. And then Matt Shackman comes in and says, swing harder. And we're like, what? <laughs> Which, really? Because <laughs> we uh, shoot up every shot. single scenery possible. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> some, out, some outrage. Never, not, not one moment undersold. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. Sitcom. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. Because of this show, I feel like such a strong sense of ownership of Wanda and I'm I'm so excited now that we've cracked open this other part of her so that there hopefully could be more stories to tell and it's it's been such an incredible gift I've really loved doing this show <laughs> alright so, right. it's funny <laughs> But what I what I got from those interviews is we were just talking about how Arrowverse was campy and a lot of MCU is super campy. This sounds like they took campy and they like really went deep campy. Yeah, but I'm kind of scared so for cool. that. I'm no, I'm kind of scared honestly because I don't know if I'm going to like this because because it sounds so weird, so <laughs> so strange. That I just don't know if I'm going to quite get into it. I don't know. Honestly, it sounds like Wanda is trying to live a dream. And it's like she takes people trying to rescue her and involves them in her dream. Is that what what it sounds like to me? See, and I'm thinking you're wondering, is this going to be like multiple seasons or are they just doing like one season? I think it's going to be a one-off. They have nine episodes that they're going to be doing. You know... Here's the thing. Wanda is Wanda's power center around manipulation of reality. I mean, you have the House of M along with other storylines. And the fact that they're really atta- attacking that in a completely different way is awesome. Um, not to mention that Disney has proven with the Mandalorian that they can take a, um, a large-scale project and stretch it out into a serialized, uh, into a serialized format. Yeah. So you have, you know, a six basically what amounts to a six-hour movie that they're going to show about Wanda and Vision. That's going to tie into the greater uh, Phase Four starting with uh, Doctor Strange. And then the rumors that we've been hearing about the Spider-Man 3 and all the craziness that's surrounding that could tie directly into that. So this is not going to be like Phase 1 where it's like, hey, Thor's doing his thing, uh, Iron Man's doing his thing, and oh, look, Hulk got pissed. Um, (laughs) This is going to be 
more, way more connected than even phase two and three were. At least that's my prediction. We really need to get our kids caught up in the MCU because they are going to be totally lost. So I'm going to kind of be that voice for background content. I always hear about these like phases. So what, what movies consider which phase? So phase one is all of the movies up through the first Avengers movie. Okay. Correct. Phase two is up through Avengers Age of Ultron. Correct. Phase three is up through Avengers Endgame and Infinity Wars. With the the exception of Ant-Man for phase uh, two. Ant-Man was technically phase two. And um, Spider-Man home or far from home is technically the end of phase three. Okay. So everything that's coming um, out is considered phase four and yes. and and black widow is phase three yeah okay based you know, on the timeline maybe. yes okay. yes so in the sense of the timeline so anything that's taking place after uh avengers Infinity films. wars and endgame that's that's considered phase four okay no after ready. far from home oh after far from home okay so basically what they try and do is they try and end each phase with a big ensemble Avengers movie. Gotcha. Okay. All right, moving on. Moving on. So March 19th, Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes out on Disney Plus as a TV series. Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan return as the title characters who will have teamed up despite not really uh, enjoying each other's company. Falcon and the Winter Soldier will see them battle against the anarchist group known as the Flag Smashers, while the U.S. government tries out a new Captain America. So how will this affect the MCU? Well, we'll see the introduction of John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. agent played by Wyatt Russell, who will at least temporarily become the new Captain America, despite Steve Rogers handing his shield to Sam in the Avengers Endgame. Uh, we won't be shocked if this series ends up with Sam officially taking over the Captain America uh, moniker. Um, uh, Daniel Brohl and Emily Van Camp also reprise their roles as Baron Zemo and Sharon Carter. All right, so I got a little small clip. Is it really small this time? Yes. <laughs> I got a small clip of uh, Sebastian Stan talking a little bit about his character, the Winter Soldier, and how he's evolved and what we can expect from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Here we go. In Civil War were, were movies where the character was really being explored, was reintroduced in a very different way. Um, and just to get that right, get him right, get the tone right, um, I felt, yeah, a lot, very scared of, on, on, on getting that right. And and even going into the, the series, which, we, which we, we've been doing, I, I, <laughs> I was terrified because... It's interesting because I've played this character now for 10 years and he's sort of evolved in uh, yeah. as, as I have sort of as a human and as a man, you know, as I get older. And I think that might be my favorite thing about playing a character over and over again is, is like they sort of age with you a little bit. And then you, you, when you go back to playing them, there are certain characteristics that you know they have and then you can go, okay, like, well, where are they with that now, right? Like, I'm here I am, and as opposed to 2011, you know, my life is 
different this way. And here are some things I've learned. So it's like, where's the character that five years ago was in that place now with that? And, and that kind of becomes interesting to, to sort of explore, I guess, you know? Uh, forgive me for not knowing, were you guys able to complete shooting the series or, or were you shut down? No, we, we, we still have about, I, I, I want to say like roughly, I think about uh, a few weeks maybe of shooting. So yeah, we, we were just, we had just gotten to Prague and then everything kind of slowed down and, and, uh, and it happened very quickly once it mm-hmm. happened. And it's just, it's just wild because I look back and I tell myself, you know, that was this year. We were that, right. this year, like it wasn't 17 years ago, which is how it feels now. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, but, but it was, we've had a lot of fun. I mean, we had, we've, we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of fun. And, and I think, you know, Anthony's a, is a riot to work with. I mean, he, <laughs> you, I mean, you've interviewed him. I mean, he really brings the best and the worst out of me. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I just, um, I like, I love and I hate him at the same time, but he, but you know, that's our dynamic. And I think, um, it just was so fun to finally get the time to do the, to, to, to really explore that with him because we only had a couple scenes across the movie. Yeah. And he's and, not nice to you. He's very jealous of you in the movies. <laughs> no, he well, Yeah. Sam's very upset with, you know, he's not <laughs> trusting Bucky and they're, you know, he's territorial and anyway, so yeah, but like they, we really got to just like dive into that relationship and it's, it's super fun. I mean, in, in terms of um, very much in that lethal weapon world. You mentioned. All right, there we go. See, it wasn't as long. Guys... Doesn't mean it was short. <laughs> All right. Falcon and the winter soldier. What do you guys think about this? From the trailer that I've seen, I'm pretty excited. I I, I do like the dynamic that looks like it's between them. It, it's kind of like the dynamic in Top Gear that they talk about three old three middle aged men that absolutely loathe each other. And so, as he was talking about he, how he and um, Falcon Falcon don't get along, the actor don't get along. I'm like, no, they get along. He said they they they, they bring they, out the best and the worst. Yeah, and. I'm like, this could be good. Bob Brady, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I once again, not knowing what to expect. I, I, I love the Winter Soldier. So, um, and 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 Falcon just as much. I, I don't really, I'm, I'm reserving my opinion on it just because I don't really know what to expect. But, but you know, they always come through with these, and uh, yeah. So I, I I just don't know what to think about it yet. All right, moving on. Black Widow comes out next, May 7th. A movie, supposedly. <laughs> what Wasn't that supposed to come out the first weekend in May yeah, last year? <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. Anyway, Scarlett Johansson is returning one last time as Natasha Romanoff in a film that is set between the events of Captain America's Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. She teams up with her Russian family, from the Black Widow program, including Red Guardian, uh, David Harbour, 
a Russian version of Captain America to battle the Taskmaster. Uh, so how could this affect the MCU? While we think this will mostly be a send-off for Romanoff, it's set between the two previous movies, and we already know the eventual fate of her character. We'll probably learn some new things about the Black Widow program that we didn't know before. However, given that Florence uh, Poogs, Yelna, is set to show up in Hawkeye, this film will likely set her up to be the new Black Widow. So what do you guys think of this? Well, considering I was looking forward to watching it last year, I am really looking forward to watching it this year. How many times were we looking forward to it last year? Yeah, this thing had like three different release dates. Yeah. So I just want to see it. I just want to see it. That's that's my two bits. I just want to see this. Because I really liked Black Widow's character. I thought it was really cool that like she she's like she and Hawkeye. I really liked that they're like these superheroes, but they don't have superpowers, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm just like, I want to see this. And if they are using this as a send off, I, I, I hope they do a good job because she deserves it. Oh, right. definitely. Such a, yeah. such a great character. Well, yeah. I, I think partly we're getting a Black Widow movie because there were so many people complaining, why aren't we getting a Black Widow movie? And mm. then they're like, well, we killed her off. Uh, I think we're getting a Black Widow movie because uh, Marvel Studios saw how much money uh, DC made with Wonder Woman. Mm. And so they're like, well, we need we need a, a female-led uh, Marvel movie. And so obviously that's Black well, Widow. Well, I, I think they were like, well, well now we need two because we got they Captain had, Marvel. They had Captain Marvel, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on, moving on. Coming out in May, we have Loki, a, D, a Disney Plus TV series. Woo! Uh, despite seemingly dying three times, uh, <laughs> the last one for good, uh, Marvel is still not done with Tom Hiddleston's trickster god. The series follows the Loki that used the Space Stone to disappear during the Avengers time heist, so he didn't have that whole redemption thing yet. So how could it affect the MCU? Well, given that Loki is in the MCU is still very much dead, this alternate timeline version will not only introduce us to the TVA, the Time Variance Authority, uh, it will also start to seed just how weird and vast the MCU's multiverse could become. It could also help explain if Steve Rogers had any help when he returned all the Infinity Stones at the end of Endgame and how he was able to hop back into the main timeline to give Sam his shield after growing old in his new alternate universe life with Peggy. Um, the Loki trailer was fantastic, and the music sounded good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, some reason i'm just excited that owen wilson's gonna be in it <laughs> oh yeah wow actors i don't I, realize how much i like him until i see him in a movie i'm like oh yeah i really like you <laughs> yeah well they've probably got high hopes for it because they've uh production weekly is reporting that it's uh, already been renewed for a second season loki oh wow yeah. i i gotta say that um of the three shows that they have slated so far this is the one that i'm excited for just yes, because tom hiddleston hits on loki like nobody else could possibly mm-hmm. hit on him yeah. yeah at least right now i'm sure there's somebody else out there but 
he just does such an amazingly good job. I really want to see him redeemed for his acting in Avengers, uh, the first Avengers movie. I, I, I want to see him. Wait, redeemed. wait, wait. I want him to see him redeemed. Up wait, wait, wait. Wait, Bobby, you say that you didn't like Tom Hiddleston's Loki in Avengers? No, I didn't. Oh. Okay. You, didn't, you didn't like his acting or you didn't like the character or okay, what he was so doing? You, you go from Thor where he's mildly funny to you go you go to him being a bad guy and all of a sudden he's funny okay like he was so one dimensional at least in my personal uh I got your back opinion. on this one Bob yeah he I'm was right so one dimensional in uh in Avengers he didn't really have any motivation he's just all of a sudden he's like I want to kill earth why well what was the point? He's supposed to be the god of mischief. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily that he, he was getting something out of the deal that we just don't know what he was going to get out of it. Exactly. And I think this will build on this. This will. Yeah. This so, is taking him from right after Avengers and saying, okay, here's what happens. So for me, this is a, 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 a redemption of him becoming a better person or better god. At the same time, I think he's then going to screw it up right at the end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, can't have, you can't have it have a good conclusion and have a second season. It's just impossible. Yeah. All right, moving on. Coming July 9th, another MCU movie, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. All right, I'm going to get up on my soapbox here. Okay. The Ten... Go ahead. Do you do you, do you, want, do you, do you want to wait till I read the description? No, I want to get yeah, 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 go ahead. I'm not the soapbox. All right, newcomer Shimu Lee. Shimu Liu. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, makes his debut as Shang Chi, a skilled martial artist. The film also stars Amanda. Come on, help me out here. Aquafina. Aquafina, isn't that a drink? Isn't that, that water? That is the actress. That that's what she goes by. Aquafina. Right, Aquafina. Right, just, Fala Chen, Michelle, Michelle yeah, Yao, I know that one. And Tony Chu Wai Leung. Yes. Anyways, the latter of which plays the Mandarin, who is the leader of the Ten Rings organization. So how could this affect the MCU? Well, with apologies to Guy Pierce's uh Aldrich Killian, we'll finally meet the real Mandarin in Shang-Chi. In Iron Man 3, the Mandarin was an invention of Killian's who Hired out, uh, who hired an out of work actor, Trevor Slater, Ben Kingsley's character, Kingsley, Kingsley character, to play a fictional terrorist. The Ten Rings were also the group that captured Tony Stark in the first Iron Man movie. So we'll likely learn a whole lot more about this group that unwittingly uh, started the Avengers. So, Bob, what were you going to say? Okay. So here's the thing um, Marvel. I and this is one of the big times that Marvel actually screwed up. They screwed up with Iron Man three by smashing together two storylines that didn't belong together. Mm-hmm. By having the Mandarin, which Ben Kingsley actually did a pretty good job in my mind, um, and having the Extremis storyline, which is a relatively recent storyline. I I actually own the book for that one. Um. 
the the Ten Rings really should have been a Mandarin film with Iron Man. Because he is, the Mandarin is an Iron Man villain through and through. It's like using the Goblin as a Captain America villain. Yeah, I'm sure Captain America's fought him, but he's really a Spider-Man villain. You mm-hmm. get where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this one I'm real hesitant on, but I'm sure they got something in the works. I'm sure they learned their lesson from that because Hopefully. phase two had a lot of lessons that they had to learn. So I'm really hopeful with it because I like a lot of the actors. Um, Simu Liu is a really, really good actor. And so I have a lot of hope for it, but it does come down to the writing is going to make or break it. Yeah. All right, moving on. Coming, we don't know exactly when, but the mid-2021, so summer-ish. What if? We're getting Marvel's What If TV series for Disney+. Plus. So this is the first animated series in the MCU, and it will tell some one-off stories that play out major events if they happened differently. So example... uh, an example is, what if Peggy Carter took the super soldier serum instead of Steve Rogers and Yondu picked up T'Challa instead of Peter Quill? So Jeffrey Wright will voice uh, a character known as the Watcher um, in this animated series as well. So uh, how could it affect the MCU? Well, this series is non-canon, so it won't really have any larger ramifications, but it's still going to be pretty cool to see all these what if storylines. So what do you guys think about this? This is a, a very interesting story uh, uh, series Marvel's putting out. Brain candy. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think because I, because it's not going to have any impact on canon, it's not going to be canon. I think they can just go out and have fun with it. And that opens up a lot of storytelling possibilities that um, that a lot of us just probably haven't thought of. Right. I think yeah. it's I, I think it's just going to be fun and a good watch. I think it would be cool if they bring some of the what ifs, like just passing by in like the, the um, uh, multiverse, where you just see Peggy Carter running by as oh. Captain Britain or whatever. That would be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. Bob, did you want to say something? I'm just wondering like if skinny Steve Rogers becomes her arm candy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. We've got another MCU movie coming out November 5th, The Eternals, uh, an immortal race that has been on Earth for thousands of years, comes out of hiding to battle their nemesis, the Deviants. It features Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Richard Madden, uh, Kamala... Kamal? Kumail Nanyaji. I, I know his face. He's he has a, a, a face or Netflix a comedy special. Anyways, and uh, Brian Tyree Henry. So, how could this affect the MCU? Well, we're not quite sure yet. Uh, but the logline references that some kind of tragedy that happens following the events of Endgames is the catalyst for the story. Also, they've been on Earth for seven thousand years, so they probably know some stuff we don't. Uh, and it has to be some something pretty big to get uh, to get them out of hiding, since everything else that happened in all the Avengers movies didn't get them out of hiding. So, what do you guys think of this movie, The Eternals? 
I thought they already did it with the um, with the um, Inhumans. I know that that's what it sounds like to me because there's the whole thing about the Inhumans have been on the Earth for thousands of years, and then like like we we get that covered by Agents of Shield in depth. And that um, absolutely terrible show. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, come on. So I enjoyed- you cannot tell me that show was any good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I, I'll, I'll say this. I enjoyed the first four seasons. And then That's after it, that, right there. Yeah. it went downhill. Yep. So it was as rough. much as everything Marvel is pumping out is a cash grab, this feels like an extra cash grab. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I like some of the, so I, I like the actresses and actors they've got for it, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't really, they, they're going to have to get some great promotional material to make me actually interested. A lot of different universes, they'll put out movies and shows or whatnot. And there's often a swing and a miss with really big names in it. And if I had, if I were a betting man, well, actually I am, um, then, uh, then I, I would wager that this would be the swing and miss. That's just my prediction. I'm no honest. factual basis for it whatsoever. I'm just, I honestly want to know how they're going to factor Tomb Raider into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> from Dusk Till Dawn. Or, no, no, Maleficent. <laughs> Maleficent right. is coming back. All right, moving on, moving on. Coming out in late 2021, we have Miss Marvel, a Disney Plus TV series. Uh, I'm in uh, Villani. Iman. Iman Villani uh, will star as the teenage superhero Kamala Khan, aka Miss Marvel, a Pakistani American who became the first Muslim superhero in Marvel Comics. So, how could this affect the MCU moving forward? Well, Kamala Khan will become the first character introduced in a Disney Plus TV series to reappear in an upcoming film. As uh, Monica Rambeau was in- as introduced <laughs> as a child in the first Captain Marvel. Uh, so like Paris, uh, Villani will reprise her role for Captain Marvel 2, which makes sense given that the uh, the two comic books tie Khan uh, names herself after Carol uh, Danvers' superhero. So right. which one will Rogue take out, Carol Danvers or the new Ms. Marvel? Uh, what I'm really, really hoping is that they hold to the inhuman portion of the storyline of Kamala Khan, and I really hope that they um, that they pay the heritage and they pay the culture justice without pandering to it. Yes, let's, I agree. Let's not make this a social justice movie, but let's pay the respect that their culture deserves. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I think they've got a lot of great people coming from Bollywood for it. Oh, fantastic. Let's, I, I let's really get hope some... they are. Like, it, so- it sounded like they've got people coming over from that have made movies in Pakistan hmm. um, coming over for it. And I really hope that they get people that have already done movies over there. So they're bringing their culture with them. So we get to see that. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Moving on. Also coming in late 2021, we don't have an exact date, uh, the Hawkeye Disney Plus TV series. So original Avenger, Jeremy Renner returns as Clint 
uh, who trains uh, Kate Bishop to be the new Hawkeye. He also has to come to grips with his murderous turn as Ronin. So how could this affect the MCU? Well, we're betting this is another swan song for an OG Avenger and uh, just as much of a setup for Kate Bishop to take on a larger role in the MCU. Uh, maybe we'll finally learn about Budapest if we don't learn about it in Black <laughs> Widow. So what do you think of this? Uh, Brady, I know Hawkeye's a big, uh, uh, you're a big fan of Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. I was a, Like I said, I was a West Coast Avengers kid. Uh, read a lot of that. I was really hoping that with, um, with Disney acquiring X-Men, that it would set up a uh, a mockingbird coming in because uh that's who he's married to in in the comics right but i don't know what to think i mean obviously that's not going to happen i'm excited for it though i i really like hawkeye for for the same reasons that were mentioned earlier because he doesn't have any superpowers he has a complicated backstory and uh and he's just a cool cool character so i i yeah that's one i'm going to be latched onto day day 1 I'm really hope, yeah. I'm really hoping that um, they do not do the Budapest thing. And the reason why I'm saying this, and this is this is key, we don't need to enumerate these heroes every move. We don't need to enumerate their entire backstory. Leave some things um, special, like Wolverine's origin was special for decades until they created the origin story and that godforsaken movie um (laughs) uh, there are some other origin stories that really don't need to be told because the character in and of the the character right now is interesting i i agree with you there yeah i agree with you there like i i was actually surprised in the first avengers movie when they said when he said like like when Hawkeye and Black Widow say like just like Budapest kind of thing I was kind of upset that so many people were like we want to know what happened in Budapest because I was like I'm happy not to know because that gives them more intrigue you know I know right they're it's spies like, it, they're, they're spies it's like an inside joke and I don't want to know that inside joke because then it ruins it for me so yeah no I'm, I'm with you on that it's like it, it sounds like Black Widow is going to address the budapest budapest thing and i'm like fine leave that there but don't bring it into the hawkeye series you know or or at the very least mention it but don't don't go into detail don't give me a flashback just mention oh yeah well budapest really wasn't that big a deal or something like that yes yes exactly all right all right (laughs) last but not least in fact, this might be the biggest out of all of them. Uh, coming December 17th, we get another MCU film, the uh, untitled Spider-Man 3 movie. What? So Tom Holland is back for a third adventure that will feature a ridiculous cast that includes the likes of Jamie Foxx's Electro, Alfred Molina's Otto Octavius, who are known for appearing in films featuring other Spider-Men like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Uh, who are also coming back, uh, supposedly. Uh, Cumberbatch's uh, Doctor Strange also fills the required uh, old guy mentor role in this one. So how could it affect the MCU? Well, given Strange's involvement, the characters appearing from non-MCU Spider-Man films 
and that this will also tie in some way to Doctor Strange uh, and the Multiverse of Madness. Expect some multiverse hopping weirdness in this one. It could be the last time we see a Spider-Man film in the MCU, given that odd joint custody between Marvel and Sony. All right, guys, this is one to get really excited about. I can't wait for this. So so what will the title be? Because we had Homecoming and Far From Home. So going what kind home? of home ti- going home? I think earlier someone said like home run. Too <laughs> many homes. Home run. Return of Homer the Bound. Homer? Ooh, Homer too Bound. many homes. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like too many homes. Um, <laughs> yeah, too many homes. Home I'm, I'm a, I absolutely love love Spider Man. So is my daughter. And in fact, we watched um, we watched the Spider Man. Uh, or the Spider-Man Spider-Verse movie when oh, it first came so out good. in theaters. Oh, uh, what, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. yeah. Now because now if Tobey Maguire comes in, there was references to uh Tobey Maguire Spider-Man in that movie. That will connect that movie to this movie, which means we might see Miles Morales brought in. If we get Miles Morales, it has to be done right. Yes. He has to be the perfect Miles Morales. And that's something I am truly excited for. I think that's going to be our uh, our secret casting. That's going to be like our day one drop. Nobody's going to know about it until day one. And so many people are excited about this one. I think with all of the other characters coming in, uh, we talked about Charlie Cox possibly showing up in there. I think this movie, more than any of the others probably, could serve to extend the uh, the tendrils out even further and expand the MCU um, in, in different ways with different characters and really introduce those. That It might be the start of the next phase, right? Brady, I agree with you on that. And I honestly think that this one and Doctor Strange are going to form the backbone of this particular phase. We're going to see all the other movies shoot off and relate to these two movies. Well, what I'm looking forward to is how they start to introduce X-Men characters. I know that they're not really going to have the X-Men in this phase, but I'm really hoping they start to like maybe do some cameo appearances of some of the X-Men. So that way we're like preparing for the next phase as well. Are you, th- are you thinking that we're going to get some X-Men in a Spider-Man mil- movie? We only could. If it's, only if it's a new Wolverine. Well, uh, honestly, well, maybe, I'm hoping maybe Deadpool. For, I'm hoping for a oh. rogue in the next um, Captain Marvel movie. Yeah, but I mean, uh, the Spider-Man. The only the only person from the X-Men universe that Spider-Man hangs out with the most is Deadpool. Uh, he I'm has no relationship. Deadpool. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I rewatched I, those two weeks ago. And it can be just a cameo, just Deadpool like waving to the audience. <laughs> Dead tool waving to the audience and breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> Mooning someone like no, 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 no. a big sign for the audience. No, no, no. What would be awesome is if if Deadpool shows up in the Spider Man film, he's waving to the audience. Uh we can all see him, but then the uh, camera shifts to show, you know, uh Deadpool from the back and from the point of view of everybody else looking at him, and there's just nothing there. It's just like, you know, a street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just waving and talking to nothing. And and uh 
but uh, so 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 we get we we get our fourth wall being broken. But from within the MCU, he's just coming off as like some sort of like, like weird, crazy. yeah, some weird crazy hobo. And Spider oh. and, and, and all three Spider Men are just looking, going, uh, what? It's like who's this uh, guy? And even yeah. Moon Knight's looking at him like you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> that would make it so awesome. <laughs> Oh boy, but you know that ain't gonna happen yet. Uh. No, I. But I. I so there. I feel like because Disney now owns Marvel, I feel like Disney is scared of Deadpool. Because they're I like do. we're a family friendly company, and Deadpool's not family friendly. We're scared to touch him, even though everybody loves him. Well, well Jack, that's great. This is the time to introduce a uh, a Marvel Max brand. Now, they did this with the comics with uh, Punisher and other uh, and other imprints, but to have a Mar- um, MCU Max thing where the they're tangentially part of the MCU, but you don't have to watch them to get the full effect. Yeah. but yeah. they're adult shows so you're gonna have your blade you're gonna have your punisher you're gonna have your um all of your netflix shows are in that category hey let me let me ask this because i've had this uh thought kind of jumbling around in the back of my head for for quite a while now multiple podcasts we've talked about uh how how you know spider-man is you know introducing this multiverse and we're getting all sorts of crazy stuff and and DC is doing the exact same thing, and they're doing it at the exact same time. D- does it does it feel weird that we're getting two really similar storylines involving multiverse from uh, DC and Marvel at the same time? Are we going to get a DC Marvel Universe showdown? Because there's a comic book about that, and it's pretty awesome. That'd be cool. It was a terrible. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I don't know. I think they're just playing the market. Storyline right? or how the plot holes. It was still fun. <laughs> yeah. What, what was that, Brady? I said, I think they're just playing the market. You know, across the street from every CVS is a Walgreens. Right? <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> so which I, I, one is DC and which one is MCU? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, I mean, you know, it seems to be where it's at. They're following the trend and they're doing it very well in most cases. Um, at least Marvel. Um so, oh, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's all it is. I do I mean, gotta I say, I do gotta say this one thing in in closing before we uh, head out. Disney needs to be careful. They've already oversaturated the uh, superhero universe, and this year has been great having a little time off from that. But they gotta be careful with their release schedule and make sure that they're not going to oversaturate us to the point where nobody cares about Marvel movies anymore. Yeah. True. True. All right. Final thoughts on MCU in 2021. Anybody else? Going to be busy. Yeah. Well, I'm just worried. 2021 is just going to be the drunk version of 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) I just, yeah. I just want to go to the movie theater. That's what I want. Yeah. Like, I'm excited I, to go to the movie theater now because I didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, how, how many of these uh, movies and TV shows are going to be pushed back because of COVID? So, hopefully none. But yeah. anyways, anyways. Folks, thank you so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Please hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review 
wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever else you find us. Next week, we are talking Cobra Kai Season 3. Oh, yeah. So we want to hear your thoughts and comments on uh, Cobra Kai Season 3. So please send us a voicemail with your thoughts on Cobra Kai Season 3 to anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. You can also send us an email with your thoughts on on Cobra Kai Season 3 to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. Or send us your thoughts via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search Super Nerd Podcast. Give us a like, give us a share, and tell a friend about us. But from all of us at Super Nerd Podcast, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. Catch you later. This is... Here's the story of a playboy genius who was gearing up to form some sort of crew. One's a former Russian spy, a god of thunder, one fought in World War II. It's the story of a handsome star-lord, like the greatest to ever walk the earth by far. And a falcon and a magic doctor, Wakanda forever. So then one day all the heroes were assembled To fight a villain who packed much more than a punch And this crew was labeled the Avengers That's the way we all became the Marvel Bunch The Marvel Bunch The Marvel Bunch That's the way we became the Marvel Bunch Uh, Hello brother Shut up